0: It's the Perry and Shawna podcast on the real-life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission
1: to heal the world. I don't know about you, but I definitely want to improve my prayer life. And so let's talk about it. We are talking with Ryan Skoog. He's an entrepreneur starting Fly for Good, Volunteer Card, Yonder Travel Insurance, and the nonprofit Venture.org, which helps people like me and you do tough things and help people in tough places around the world. He's the author of the book Chosen and has an MBA from St. Thomas and is ordained with the Assemblies of God. And somehow he got to marry Rachel. And they love adventuring together with their two ginger-headed kids, Colin and sydney a real American family. And uh, Ryan is the co-author of a brand new book. It's coming out in January called Lead with Prayer, The Spiritual Habits of World-Changing Leaders.
2: And a book is a labor of love. (laughs) And so, first of all, it's so good to have you with us, Ryan. Thanks for getting up early and and spending some time with
0: us excited to do this. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's so fun to do radio. We're and we're thrilled to have this conversation with you because you know, writing a book, let's just say first of all, it's a labor of love. And so I'm guessing you weren't eating your oatmeal in the morning and just like had this random thought of, I think I'll write a book about prayer. I'm guessing there's a story there. What's the story?
0: Yeah, yeah, this whole journey was it, it kind of started with a three three things. One, I looked at my shelf and it was full of leadership books on how leaders lead, and I had no books on how leaders pray. Mm. And and at the same time, we work with the global church uh, venture. We work in some of the toughest places of the world, where there's trafficking and and war, soldier or uh, war, war and child soldiering, all these things. And and I we started meeting these incredible heroes, and we wanted to find out you know, what is behind your prayer or what what is behind your leadership? And it wasn't a principle, it was a prayer life. Mm. And I started getting on this journey. And so I I joined together with Peter Greer from Hope International and Cam, a friend of mine who's uh, a part of, John. he runs John Mark Comer's ministry of Practicing the Way. And we thought, let's get together and start interviewing people on what they're daily prayer life is like. And so we we had over a hundred hours of interviews, six different continents, uh, leaders whose leadership spans over a hundred countries around the world. And we started wondering, are there patterns and habits? Do intentional, people who are intentional about prayer, does the Lord lead them to similar prayer lives? And the the Eureka was somebody working in a refugee camp uh, in the in a really difficult country, and we actually talked to a Christian billionaire who was really intentional about their prayer life, and they their prayer lives looked the same. There's wow. these patterns that emerged, mm-hmm. and it seemed like that anybody that wanted to have an intentional prayer life as a leader, they started walking into the same patterns. The Holy Spirit was leading them, and so every chapter of the book is one of these patterns that we that emerged from all of our research into the the lives of praying leaders.
1: I don't know if you remember this old school story, but Vince Lombardi, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, you ever hear that name?
0: Yeah. So I'm from Minnesota. I really don't know who you're talking about. I'm kind of blocked out of my ministry. <laughs> but anyway,
1: there's this tale. I don't know if it's true. He came into the locker room. You know, the team hadn't done so well, and he said, "Gentlemen, this is a football." You know, yeah. holds up the football. Yeah. So, like, this is the football. What is prayer? What is prayer? What are we talking about?
0: Yeah, the most incredible thing that happened was I thought when we we're talking to these high-level leaders that are seeing amazing miracles or running these great organizations that their prayer life would start with really calling down heaven, but actually it was the opposite. It started friendship first. Mm. And they did something they call that came to be known as wasting time with God.
2: Oh. I, you are speaking, Ryan, Ryan you're speaking my just, language. We just connected. That's, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Like that's, yeah, that, that's, it's, that's it's, the, it's, I call it lingering. I love to yes, linger with Jesus. Yes, yes.
0: Yes. You're You're right there. That's actually the very first chapter is that we are so achievement oriented and so driven. We think prayer is just another way to. to to sprinkle on some favor onto whatever we're doing. And so we have our lists and we go and it's just rattle off your to-do list, Mm. rattle off your prayer list. And that's the opposite of what Jesus intended. And so when actually we got the line from the most unlikely source, it was a New York financier living in Manhattan who was over billions of dollars Mm. managing them. And he said, no, I spend hours wasting time with Jesus. He Mm. said, you know why? Because that's what friends do. Mm -hmm. They waste time together and and then we started talking to Francis Chan and uh, we got we got to talk to some incredible leaders in this book Francis Chan and John Mark Comer and Johnny Erickson Tata and John Ortberg and uh a lot the list goes on Tim Mackey and we got to ask them all the same question what are your daily prayer habits and and Francis Chan said yeah I have to start with a walk friendship first with Jesus mm-hmm. and we talked to a uh, Rosebell who is out In working in a literally in a war zone in the border of Thailand and Myanmar for decades, and she said, you know, she just starts in the midst of all of this challenge and pain. She starts with her walk and enjoys Jesus. And then we started diving into Mother Teresa and her prayer life. And she, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but there's a a, a reporter that asked her what about her prayer life, and she said, "He said, what what do you what do you do when you pray? I mean, it's Mother Teresa." Lifting up the hood of her prayer life, and she said, You know, most of the time I just sit there and listen. Mm. And he said, Well, well, what does Jesus say? And she says, Most of the time he just sits there and listens too. Wow. And if you and she said, If you if if you don't understand that, I can't explain it any other way. And and, and Jesus reminded us that the fruitfulness of our lives comes out of the friendship of abiding. Mm-hmm. He said, "Abide in me, mm. and and you'll bear much fruit." Mm. And many times we we want to work for him and think that we can yeah. see a lot of fruit and and influence happen those ways. And Jesus turned the tables. In fact, mentions of Jesus uh, withdrawing away and praying increase when his ministry increases. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't decrease. It's it's actually the opposite. And he he spends more time r- withdrawing away and praying as the crowds get bigger and the miracles add up. And it's just instead of the opposite. And I think we've we've flipped that around.
1: Yeah, we want to talk with you about this new book that's coming out in January, Lead with Prayer, The Spiritual Habits of World-Changing Leaders. And yeah, get to the filet mignon of this book. What (laughs) is the meat of this book?
0: Well, when we set out to start asking leaders, what is your daily prayer life? To find out what is fueling extraordinary leadership, the real meat actually came from when we sat at the feet of the global church, incredible leaders around the world, and said, could you teach us to pray? And we found out that when the global church says a word prayer, and we say the word prayer, we're talking about two very different things. In fact, the first interview of the book was with Rosabelle, She's been in a war zone for 35 years serving day after day. And we asked her, she's a refugee, war refugee herself. And I asked her, Rosa, Mama Roosevelt, can you tell me about your life, well, your prayer life? And she, she cares for about 5,000 children a day. So very busy person. And she said, oh, oh, Ryan, she said, when I was 18, I had no money, but I wanted to tithe. And I figured the only currency I had was my time. So I started praying two and a half hours a day, and I've been doing that for the past 35 years. Hmm. And that was the very first interview of the book, and we thought, oh, we've got a lot to learn from mm-hmm. the global church. And she just glows with Jesus. And like the other folks we talked about, she just takes time, starts with friendship, a walk with Jesus, enjoying Him, friendship first in the midst of all the challenges. And that was, that, that's just one of the many stories we've heard.
2: I think that one of the things that the global church has that is so different for us here in the States is that we're, our orientation is so like efficiency. I need to get this done. And, and that Mm. transfers into our time with Jesus. I know that I, I can get wrapped up in this. There are times when I sit down to be with the Lord and I'm like, okay, God, I've got, you know, I've got 30 minutes. So what do you have for me? You know, please speak to me. I want to hear from you. And it's like. Like, I'm trying to rush God Almighty because I've got a schedule mm. to keep rather than just recognizing the privilege it is to just simply be in his presence and mm. and let happen whatever he wants to have happen
0: instead of what yeah. I want to have happen. You, you, you can never understand what happens when you just give God a moment. Some, something I started doing was as a result of this book was on Sundays, I pray, but I don't ask God for anything. And I wanna get used to the habit of being in his presence without asking. And, and, I, it's not, and then I started grow, growing into learning, um, asking the Lord, what's your prayer list? You know mine, what, what's yours? What's on your heart? And there's times where he'll just share something and I'll just start crying and praying and it'll actually lead my life in a completely different direction just by giving him a moment. To say, hey, what's on your what's on your heart? How can we be together as friends? And that's why we love that concept of wasting time mm. with Jesus, where that's what friends do. They just waste time with each other. Just spend time being with each other. And out of that the fruit will come, which mm. is so powerful.
2: You mentioned Just a couple of minutes ago about intentionality, and they they tend to seem like they're opposite ends, you know. Like just show up and be with Jesus and be intentional. Lean more right into the the intentionality part of that. What does
0: that look like? For sure. when we sat at the feet of leaders around the world and asked, what are your daily prayer life habits like? Uh, they always started with friendship, but they also were very intentional in the sense that they mapped out, what does a day with Jesus look like? And so they had different different prayers or different types of prayer that they would have in the morning and different ones in the evening. Some would schedule things in the, in the midday, but they were trying to walk through and develop habits throughout their day and they're very intentional about it. So in the morning, they might, uh, the, you know, we talked to, you know, John Mark Comer, and he said, in the morning, it's always p- Psalms and worship. In the evening, I like to have times of confession. And during the day, I do, that's the time that I start praying for others when I think throughout the day. And each leader we talked to, they were really. Th- thoughtful about because it's one of those things if you don't schedule it if you're not intentional about it mm-hmm. it's not going to happen and, and this is this is powerful stuff when you dive into really being intentional about prayer in fact we saw some neuroscientists who weren't even believers have been actually finding out that prayer changes the j- your brain chemistry wow. so much so that 20 minutes of prayer for over 8 weeks uh, just in that that consistency, that intentionality, changes your brain so much that it shows up on a brain scan. Wow. And the parts of your brain that are more open and compassionate and, and 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 joyful are expanding, and the parts that are anxious and fearful and closed off are actually shrinking. And you can see it on a brain scan how prayer changes you. It's a beautiful thing. And so that intentionality, almost like somebody where it talks about spiritual training and physical training, it's almost like the same intentionality of a workout. If you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. Same idea with prayer.
2: I'm hearing in all these different examples, pray without ceasing.
0: Yes. Yes. In fact, do do you know that the church bell tower was invented by one of the popes in 605 AD to help remind people to pray throughout the day? And so we encourage people, we found all the leaders we talked to, they have bell towers in their day that remind them to stop and pray.
1: Okay. So Ryan, somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, man, this is just, this seems like prayer 400, like a 400 level class. Mm -hmm. How do they, how do they take the first step in?
0: Beautiful. I, I always encourage people grab some Psalms like psalm 63 or psalm 23 or psalm 91 and slow down and just start praying the psalm as if it's your own prayer Mm -hmm. to the lord and the psalms are god's way to teach us to pray by praying Mm -hmm. and as we pray out the psalms that language that and there's everything in the psalms on how to pray from from confession to pouring your heart out to intercession to all of it it's all there And so I encourage people, that's the the first starting point. And we also created uh, some cards that can help people. Uh, We partnered with the Echo Prayer app to have uh, some guided prayers to help someone who's never really entered into the world of prayer. And you can use that for free on the Echo Prayer app. It's part of the the, the suite of tools that we created with leadwithprayer.com, our website for the book.
1: Tell us about a story of how one person's prayer impacted generations to come.
0: Yeah, we, I was talking with one of the leaders, uh, Mark Batterson, who actually was written on prayer, and he said, you know, the craziest thing is that he started looking at his grandfather's journal and saw a bunch of prayers that his grandfather prayed that he was living out in his own life. Oh, and wow. this idea of prayer lasting generations. And it, it, it reminded me of this, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in christendom was a friend who went on a mission trip once to uh, they were going to take stones from a russian gulag mm-hmm. and and actually take those stones and build a, ch- a new church with it and just a beautifully redemptive story and while they were taking the stones out they saw a little canister that was in one of the stones of the gulag and so they pulled the canister out and inside the canister was a note and they took it to their, their the, the pastor host, and he read it, and he started bawling. And the note said, we are a group of Christians who are being forced to take the stones of our church and turn it into our own prison. Mm. But we have prayed and asked God that one day these stones would once again be used to build a church. Mm. And here, that, that none of those people lived through that gulag, but God heard every single one of those prayers and answered it generations later. And the idea is that we, every time we pray, we are sending messages into canisters around the world that Mm -hmm. God is going to answer well beyond our time, well beyond our generation. And that is the power of generational prayer is that we're not just affecting our lives and our world where it can affect generations through our prayers.
2: That is so powerful. I'm reminded of the Hebrews, I think it's in Hebrews 11, the end of the chapter where it talks about, you know, and not all these people saw all the things happen that yes, they waited for yes. and that they prayed for, yeah. but we're a part of something so much bigger than the right here, right now. You know, there's the instant gratification. We want to see things happen overnight and it's just, it's it's powerful to know that we can be invited into something that is ongoing, that is way bigger than and beyond our own
0: lifetime. Yeah, and and God invites us to these mountain moving, pray big bold prayers. And maybe we don't even see him in our lifetime, but we get to be a part of that. And that is one of the great privileges of of really being intentional about our prayer lives.
1: It reminds me of my own family. I never got to meet my grandpa Lahay because he died when my dad was 9. But my dad has a good amount of memories from those 9 years and one of them was his dad on his knees in prayer, not just once, not just twice, but often on his knees in prayer. And fast forward into into our family, you know, just an awakening, spiritual awakening in our family. It began with my mom and dad and spread to, you know, our immediate family and then to our extended family. And we've had family members go into all the world to share the good news of Jesus. And it goes back in many ways. I'm getting chills here to my grandpa LaHaye whom I'm right. going to get to meet on his knees in prayer in little Sheboygan, Michigan.
0: That's so beautiful. And that's the invitation. That, that power is available every time we take a moment to stop, get on our knees, and call out to our Father. Mm. It's beautiful.
2: As you interviewed people like Johnny Erickson Tata, you know, and you're talking about prayer and some of the people that you interviewed had experienced some really, really dark moments and hard things. What did you learn about prayer and suffering? And, and what does the book say about prayer and suffering?
0: Yeah, that was one of, the, one of the most powerful insights when we sat down with leaders around the world and asked about their prayer life. Inevitably, they all came to a moment, we call it carpet time, mm. when they were just on their face before God because it was just so much. And, and there's this beautiful moment in Psalm 23 I never saw before where it starts in third person and it switches to first person. It starts saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me walk in green pastures, he lays me down. And then it switches and it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me, your rod, your comfort, you prepare a table. And it seems that every leader we talked to, when they had a really difficult time and they had carpet time, they were able to lay on their face before God. It went from the Lord to you, Jesus, yeah. met me there. And that's the power of, of this, the praying through tough times. Every, every leader had these beautiful stories of how Jesus came to him. And my, my story was I, I run uh, travel companies. And uh, we during COVID we went from selling fifteen hundred tickets a day to one ticket a day in three weeks. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness! And. And, it, you know, there's no, there's no class on MBA on how to do that. And it was so difficult. We had to lay off literally uh, over hundred people. And it was one of the toughest things I've ever been through, lost our life savings, all of this. And at the same time, my daughter started having nightmares every night that were so intense. She would wake up actually uh, throwing up and, mm-hmm. and crying. And they were, you know, had related to a lot of the girls that we've been rescuing and trafficking over in Nepal. And so my, my, she would be waking up saying, Daddy, make him stop, make mm. him stop. And I spent night after night, I said, I just got used to the smell of my carpet, laying on my face mm. in front of her door, praying night after night. And then it was a Monday and we showed up and we did not have payroll for Friday. And I thought, this is it. We've been, burned through our life savings. We, have, we, we don't have anything else. There's nothing. And I just went, got away with God and just cried like I've never cried before in my adult life. And at that moment, I've never had this happen before, but I closed my eyes and I saw a picture of Jesus and he was crying. Mm. And I heard a voice said, Ryan, you've never cried alone. You've never cried alone. And at that moment, I, I should have been, you know, the mo- one of the most stressful moments of my life, but the love of God was so overwhelming. It was like, that didn't even matter at that moment. And I saw this picture of the love of Jesus who was, and I, I realized he was, no one's cried alone, ever. Jesus, the love of God is the such that he would cry with everyone who's cried. And we had an amazing prayer time that night with my daughter and took communion and for the first time in three months, no nightmares. Wow. And, and we took communion, we started taking communion every night as a family a practice. And then we were able to get a bridge loan. And, and I can say, actually, today we're ending up 2023 is our best year ever in our company history, wow. so Jesus met us in that moment in a beautiful way, and I'd almost say that, I actually say this, it was worth going through that struggle to have that moment with Jesus.
1: Wow, that's a Holy Spirit moment, and you know, you are a man of the Holy Spirit, Ryan. I mean, we we catch that right away, and I'm just, I'm thinking of a person suffering right now and is listening to our conversation and And just that you would, you would pray, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads you for, for that person who's, who's just in, in the dark.
0: Jesus, thank you for being here. You've been here this whole time and we haven't even been aware, Lord Jesus, make us more aware that you are so real. You are so close. And you are the God who cries with us. And I pray for all those who are struggling right now in those carpet time moments, in those tough times, saying, where are you? God, I ask that you would show and shower your love in such a real way right now. And sometimes you answer in a miracle, but sometimes, God, you answer just with a moment in your presence that changes everything. And I ask Jesus that for everyone who's struggling right now, you would meet them right now where they're at and show them that you're crying with them, you're sitting with them, you are with them. And I pray, Jesus, that you would lift our faith and lift our eyes to know that you're the God that not only meets us in those times, that, but can walk us up with us through those, those challenges. We thank you that you are the God that says in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. You are with us right now, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.